All right, welcome then, everybody, to the uh, Long Ball Football Preview Show. Um, this is the weekly bonus podcast that uh, goes out to all of our uh, patron subscribers. Uh, but, Barney, this is a uh, very special episode because we're going to be sharing it on the main feed of our podcast for, for everyone to listen to. Yeah, just to, to tease them, give them a little taste, <laughs> show them what they could be getting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, well, we haven't done a podcast for a few weeks with the Christmas break, haven't we? And then mm. so we've got there's quite a few things to say, I guess. Um, but no, I think I I, I think the way because our podcast comes out on a Wednesday usually, doesn't it? And I feel mm. like then suddenly, like it's almost the weekend's always here, and the, the next round of fixtures are coming. So we don't tend to focus on that. So this is a great opportunity for us to sort of talk a bit more about some of the smaller teams. Certainly, give them a bit more coverage than we do on the main show, and. Um, and give a few more insights into some of the goings on. So yeah, so it's a just a good opportunity to talk more about Portuguese football, which we love to do. Yeah, absolutely. And and on like Barney says, so this episode will be going out onto the main long ball football podcast feed. But uh, this is a one off, and just so that everybody who listens to the podcast gets an opportunity to hear what our Patreon subscribers get every single week. Uh, it's a bonus podcast where we preview all the upcoming uh, action for the weekend. It comes out uh, ideally on a Friday morning. Um, and it's also an opportunity to talk about any uh, other stuff. So this is the perfect time to get involved because with the transfer window open, a lot of our discussion about uh, transfers is going to be happening on this podcast. So just a reminder to everybody listening that uh, if you want to become a Longball Football Socio, it is one pound per month if i may say so myself i think that's excellent value and just a reminder that if you do subscribe for the one pound you get this bonus podcast every week you get access to the barney i'm going to describe it as feverishly popular predictions league it is honestly where all the action is at uh, a weekly predictions league where you predict all the fixtures uh, and we keep a league table of uh, the best predictors. Uh, and you also get access to our exclusive monthly uh, Monday Night Football watch-alongs, which are great fun. Um, we're still finalising which one that's going to be in January. It's looking like it's going to be either Morarens versus Casapia on the 8th of Feb- 8th of January or Vittoria versus Aruka on Monday the 15th of January. Um, and those are all really good to... Uh, get involved with so um yeah this is uh the first time you're hearing from us in 2024 and if you want to make a uh new year's resolution i'm not sure why it would be this specific to subscribe to our podcast but if it is there you go um no better time to do it and you get loads of good bonus stuff for a very small fee and you get the satisfaction of supporting a diy podcast which me and barney do very much on our own by ourselves um and all support is much appreciated but without any further ado, Barney, shall we get stuck into it uh, and look ahead to this weekend's fixtures starting Friday the 5th of January? And it's a really good little Friday night, Barney. I mean, I know like a lot of the listeners, I enjoy uh, after work on a Friday, sticking a few games on and we've got a double bill of Friday night, which is really exciting, um, starting with the league leaders Sporting versus Estoril, the Crosstown Derby from one side of Lisbon to the other, uh, Sporting, of course, at the top of the table, they've overcome a few obstacles, a few setbacks, a few difficult games, um, and they're still top of the table, which is a very good sign. But Estoril themselves have been on a really fantastic run 
under new manager Vasco Sierra. They won 4-0 last weekend. They're scoring a lot of goals against lesser opposition than Sporting. It's going to be a tough test for them. Uh, interested to see how you see this one panning out, maybe? Yeah, well, I mean, just to quickly jump in on the the, the Friday night theme, um, if anybody hasn't subscribed to Fight TV yet, they're showing both these games on Friday mm. night. So, uh, with the commentary of uh, probably Con Murphy and Paul Mark Pryor. So that's worth it. Um, yeah, no, Esther Sporting, is a, it looks like a really interesting um, tie, actually, particularly with Esther's form. I mean, they've been scoring for fun, um, playing some great football under Siabra. Uh, uh, players sort of taking turns to sort of stand out with Jean Marc's last game with a couple of goals. Um, he had a fantastic start to the season, sort of drifted off for the rest of it, but now he seems to come back with a bang and then he mm. showed his quality again. Um, obviously, we've got the likes of Holsgrove, Rafik Gaitan there who can, can, can pop up with a, a breathtaking performance. Um, Rodrigo Gomes has obviously just been removed to move to Wolves for his display yeah. as a right wing back. Yeah. Um, which is quite impressive, really, for like you should, should remember this is his, his not his natural position, um, but it's been working incredibly well for him. Um, no, I, I was just reading an article on uh, Ebola um, about um, Siabra's time out of the game before he t- yeah. took this job. It was quite an interesting read. Like, he went to Brazil, went to a few other places, just took in a few different uh, management styles from different clubs, and it's, it seems to have, you know, definitely. Um, made the right decision, I think, biding his time and then getting the opportunity to come with Est- uh, to manage Estra because it's really working. And it's going to be, a, well, the reason it's going to be good is because it, I reckon they're going to give Sporting a good game and Sporting mm. have been as, as great as they've been. This could be quite a difficult one. Um, but no, I really, I've really enjoyed watching Estra and they, they, they're in a bit of a, a purple patch, aren't they? So this this will be tough. Yeah. I mean, Seabra is such an interesting one. Um, if you follow him on Instagram, uh, you would have seen all his uh, his exploits over the summer, often with his friend Alvaro Pacheco, which adds a kind of interesting dynamic to uh, obviously Pacheco went to Estoril initially and then Siabra took over from him. Um, but Estoril had been fantastic since he joined. Some good stats here, Barney. This is so this is averages over the last five matches for both teams. So Sporting are averaging 2.2 goals a match from the last five games. That includes a couple of big games, I think, against Porto and, and other games. Uh, Estoril averaging 2.6 goals a game in the last five. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, both teams only averaging one goal conceded per game. Um, both teams averaging over four shots on target per game. So it's obviously quite similar stats. The obvious elephant in the room now is that Sporting are a much bigger team than Estoril. I think this is the first time that Siabra has really been tested since um, since he's come in as manager. So that for me is going to be the interesting dynamic of this game. How can Estoril translate that form that they've been on into a game like this? And I think the interesting thing about this game will be that so often when a big team plays a small team, it becomes about being defensive. Um, anyone who watched Waterman <laughs> ends in their last game um, where they played basically six at the back with with four in front, um, knows how some teams can approach games like this but um, I think one thing that's guaranteed in this game is going to be goals um, I think it will be hard for Sporting to keep a clean sheet but it's all I think it's going to be about those those top players that Sporting have um, and I know we've said this before but I think it does still apply in a game like this those top players like Victor Jokeres like Marcus Edwards they are going to be called upon in this game to be the difference makers um, and again if they're if they on form then then 
it's going to be very, very difficult for, for Estoril to handle them. Even if they get you know a goal or even two themselves, there's still a high chance that they concede multiple to Sporting, the way that they're playing and, and the players that they got. What I thought was interesting um, in the Sporting Porto game a few weeks back now was Amaran's um, decisions with the, the players in the back line. So Mateus Ruiz coming at left wing back um, rather than Nuno Santos, who was on the bench. Uh, Jenny Catamo came in at right wing back. You know, I think that was a decision to sort of um, counter out the pace that um, Galena was going to offer. But the, the reason I'm bringing that up is that because Estoril's attacking players are so, um, well, so good. And mm. I, I would be interested to see who, what players he puts in that back line because I think generally in recent games, he's certainly got it right. Um, and, you know, with the likes like Mertes Reese had a great game as Porto and uh, as Katamo. Um So, yeah, it would be interesting to see how he tries to nullify Gaitan and Angel Marks, who's, who's been excellent. Um, and also, it just uh, Estoril's defense has been pretty good as well themselves. You know, I think um, there's been time. There's been a couple of games this season where Jokic has been kept fairly quiet. You know, um, and with the the sort of well the matching formations, if you will, the sort of three four three from both teams, it's sort of man for man. So mm-hmm. um, it's not a question of sort of a, a, one of two defense centre backs deciding who to to drop up uh, to push up and and, and go with the dropping Jokic. It's you know it's, it's a man man to man. So I wonder if that will. Um, play out interestingly uh, on the actual day. Um, uh, but just generally on sporting, though, for me, you know, I, I just saw a statistic that they, when they've been leading at this point in the season, um, in the last fifty years, if they've been leading at this point, they've they've won the league eight eight percent of the time. Okay, it's a bit of a complicated stat, but I think I guess it shows like you know they're they're in a really strong position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they they have been looking really good and, and very consistent. Um, they, uh, I think, um, yeah, I've got. You know, we're, we're going to be looking for, we're looking at these sort of games for them to, to slip up. But I think so far they haven't really shown any signs of doing that. Yeah, it would take uh, a big surprise for them to not win this game. But nonetheless, I think whatever happens, it'll be it'll be a good watch. Uh, Friday night, as we said, very good. The next game that follows that, uh, is it the Derby de Invicta? It's the Porto Derby anyway. Um, at Boavista Stadium, Boavista versus Porto. Um. I mean, Porto not been great, but Bovish have been even worse. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Bovish well documented. Their form is is dreadful. Uh, Porto, despite you know not being at their their brilliant best, um, still winning games, uh, even if it's a little bit ugly. I don't know what it is, Barney. For me, it just feels like one of the least inspiring Porto derbies we've had in a long time. I mean, I encourage everyone to watch it, but I'm almost not not even looking forward to it that much. Like neither to. Both teams are playing badly, and, and it doesn't really inspire the, the viewer, does it? Really? I mean, no. I think mean, I think the fact that well, the, the key fact of this game is just how bad a state Bo Vista in. I mean, mm. um, the, the under nineteen manager Ricardo Pavo was confirmed as manager um, just before New Year's. Um, Only person that, pre- that would take that job. <laughs> well, in that press conference, President uh, Vita Moro claims claims the club is not dead, and uh, also <laughs> confirmed that the players have now been paid their salaries up to date. Oh, that's um, good. Uh, yeah, that's, that is good, I guess. But Not I dead, but yeah. perhaps on life support. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think uh, Awaziyama and uh, Bruno Onyamichi have already left for AFCON. Uh, so I think that's, AFCON starts on the 13th, doesn't it? So mm. I think some of these cases, players will mention later throughout the podcast, I think they might stay and play for this game. But I think uh, these, some of these people couldn't wait to get away <laughs> <laughs> and do something positive. 
And add to that, Salvador Agra's injured. I think Makuta and Perez might be back out from their injuries. They're, they're slightly in doubts, but it's a decimated Burvista team. So I yep. think, you know, um, it should be quite easy for So, Albert, I did see a very interesting statistic. Um, Porto are the calendar title winners for title winners for 2023, meaning they've right. won the most points yeah. in 2023. But more... well, they were very strong at the back end of last season. I think we forget that, don't we? Because uh, sorry, Benfica led the league for so long, but then also came back. Brought it yeah, back yeah. much well, closer. So, so they won it by one point above Benfica. But more interesting, they won that the calendar title, if you will, right. 18 times in the last 22 <laughs> years. <laughs> How many times have they won the league in the last 22 years? Well, exactly. It's, it's yeah. just bizarre. But look, like, I, I think the reason I'm, I'm bringing that up is because like, it's it's all you know. It still feels negative, but they're still churning out results. They're still churning out wins. You know, mm. it's it's uh, it's just it's, it's it's almost incredible. Really. But yeah. yeah, no, they're hanging in there. I think. I mean, we won't dwell. I don't think we're going to dwell on this one too long. Um, but just, I mean, I th- I'm looking at uh, Burbish's lineup from their last game against Silverstone. They lost one 0 I think this is an interesting way of just analysing where they're at. I'm going to go through every player in their starting lineup from the last game. And you tell me how many players you think are in good form or have had good seasons so far. So, Shroud Gonzalez, the goalkeeper, young keeper, had a decent start to the season, but obviously conceded a lot of goals now. Pedro Milheiro, the right back, very talented player, perhaps unsettled by the situation at his club, but also by a quite strong links to Benfica. I think they had agreed a fee, but couldn't agree a payment structure. So, they, you know, there was concrete talks. Uh, Chidozi Oaziem off to African Cup of Nations, also had a terrible season. Uh, Rodrigo Abascal, Barney disagrees with that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Rodrigo Abascal, um, decent centre-back. Obviously, they're conceding goals. Bruno and Yamicha, like I say, off to African Cup of Nations. Uh, Raizinho, not been very good. Elijah Vukatic, same thing. Salvador Agra has injured. moments. Yeah, injured, but has moments of, of, of uh, inspiration, but is a very inconsistent player. Bruno Lorenzo, but I mean, done better anything seen. Thiago Moraes again had such a positive start to the season, but he's you know the whole team struggled, and then Bojanic up front, goals are dried up, uh, been linked away. So there's just no one in the team at the moment who you look to for any real hope, um, which is quite a negative note uh, to end on. But still, <laughs> please do watch the game. Um, and, and, and I think you might get you might get some players on the touchline sent off. I mean, that would make sort of exciting. I, I think that the only thing as well to add to that is like, I can't see anyone coming in in January. It'll just be the party, no. right? Yeah. You know, just the, yeah. and, and it sounds like that. I think the vibes coming out of it is that they, they need to cash so they'll, yeah. if they can make it work for them financially, they'll do it. So, yeah. Yeah. Nothing good. Not so much like the end of the tournament at the moment. All right. Saturday, let's get back to positivity. Four good games. I mean, the best one, we're saving the best one till last. Uh, quickly then, Barney, Estrella versus Vizella, two teams that have. Well, Vizella have definitely struggled. Estrella haven't quite convinced, but, you know, mid-table season, very good, newly promoted team. Um, yeah, Vizella, have they got a new manager yet? Yeah, so it's um, Ruben de la Barrera. Um, this will be his second game in charge. Okay. Um, he, he even squeezed in a, a friendly against Braga's B team uh, ah. in the sort of dead period they had between games. Uh, so he's very keen. Um, I just read a bit about it. It's, it's sort of one of his press conference and he's sort of, he spoke a lot about Vizella's defensive ability, which is let's not forget was one of the they were one of the best in the league last year, you know, and, and it's largely the same team. Um, so they do have that in them. Um, but I think perhaps more interesting, he said this thing, which he, he said we have no wingers. 
and, and and we saw him play with um, Samu and Alex Mendes either side of the send in a sort of three four three formation against uh, Morenz in the last game. But the reason I think that's interesting because this is when no, I absolutely love Samu and, and and I think he's been playing a lot deeper than he, he sh- should be for the other season. But if if he's played further forward, closer to the striker, you know, I think he's got. We could see some goals from him, so that could be a really positive change for Rizella. Um And on Australia, but I think um, I saw they, they've had they're onto their fourth goalkeeper in fifteen matches. They've had a horrendous wow. goalkeeping situation where they've had injuries to sort of more experienced keepers they had in their team. Uh, they've had to promote um, Angolan keeper Ed, Edison um, Cambilla from the under twenty three team. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, the only other thing I've got on Australia is. Um, uh, Gasper, the centre back, the Angolan centre back. Um, he's he'll be going to Afcon, but he's mm. been their best player. You know, I think he popped up with a goal last game, been a great yeah. defence. Um, so I wonder if he'll be a, sort of a big loss to them in that team. If that will affect them in the yeah. next month. Yeah, obviously a big loss as well. At the last week, you know, four-one against Taruka, a team below them in the table, not ideal. I mean, that will be. I think that's actually going to be a, a fairly interesting game, just because Vizela are a bit of an unknown quantity at the moment, and you know. I think there could possibly be a little surprise on the cards there, but we'll see. Uh, moving on to Ferenz versus Gilles Vicente. Uh Ferenz, I still think, having a very good season. Um, Gilles Vicente, but again, Gilles Vicente's away form, absolutely terrible. Um, Ferenz lost 4-0 to Estoril last week. And it, I have to say, I watched the game and I thought, Ferenz will be were 3-0 down. I was thinking, they'll be wondering why they're not winning the game because... They they basically conceded three chances and could have scored one of their own. Like you know, it it was just they. It was one of those games where you're looking at it thinking, why are we three 0 down? It wasn't that type of game, but they got they got blown away. Really, it was four 0 um, full time. They haven't won in a little while, so uh, they could do the win. Um, and you know, I've said it on the main on the main feed before, Barney. They're, they're hosting Gilles Vicente. Gilles Vicente cannot win away, so it's a good opportunity for friends. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with you. They've, they've been good all season. Um... Yeah, yeah, I like the goalkeeper Velo. He put, I mean, even in that 4 0 loss, I think he made some incredible saves. Yeah. Um, and said, I don't know, I wrote that now, but it feels like, um, because they, they, they did beat Vovis the last time out, which was an important win. But I, I feel like Campelos is in one of those situations where it's like he needs to win to keep his job every every game now. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I wonder if this tie, you know, when, um, how much weight it will hold, you know, because like, as I said, friends are going, but they're still a promoted team. So, you know, perhaps um, people are expecting him to get something here, but uh, yeah. I mean, perhaps, yeah, just, uh, yeah. isn't his resolution is to finally win an away game. <laughs> <laughs> new year, new percent. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, he could go the whole season, not really the away game. Um, all right, Aruka versus Benfica. Aruka hosting Benfica. Um, you know, Aruka. This is nobody wants to play Benfica at the best of times, but I feel like Aruka really don't want this game right now because they're on a roll. They're in great form. The players are feeling good. Um, although maybe they can use that to their advantage, you know. Didn't we see Aruka upset uh, Benfica last season? I feel like we did. Um, but obviously very, very tough game. Look, um, they they would want to keep their momentum going, but they can try and, like I said, use that to their advantage. Um, they're unbeaten in five in the league. Um, but very tough game against Benfica, let's be honest. Well, I, I think, it's, you know, they're... I think the momentum should have carried them into this game. Mm. Uh, I've, they've looked great over recently, like really, like a really strong team. They've looked as good as they, if not better than when they uh, got into the European places. You know, they were um, they, they're playing really good attacking football. Um, the two strikers are, are getting goals, which is always good. 
Um, I wonder if the uh, the signing of Yanis Hamesh uh, will come straight in and finish that left back because you know think about what he offered going forward uh, when he was at Bovista. You know that that's um, bread and butter for Mujica and um, Gonzalez. So mm. um, that that could be really pushing through forward. Um, and probably, and you know, if we're looking at Benfica, the, the weak spots are those these fullback positions. So if you know, if you've got a him and a Jason's looking good, been looking good on the wing. Um, you know, if, if we've got them, uh, they could really uh, test Benfica. Um, but but saying that, it does feel like Benfica have, you know, after their uh, their win in the Champions League to sort of get keep them in Europe. After that, we everyone was sort of saying, you know, this this could be a turning point. And it sort of has felt a bit like mm. that. Mm. You know, last game they were about Di Maria Otamendi, Brian Cabral, he got a goal. Uh, Thomas Ruzza came in, looked absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, you know, a good, good, solid win as well with a few goals. Um, Rafa, you know, it's not that, that last performance from Rafa reminded me, like, I remember, it might have been this time last year when I was saying, like, I just, I just think Rafa's one of the best te- best players ever to play in this league or something like that. I was, I was like, absolutely in love with him. Um, and then, of course, you know, he, he goes back to his own. Um, Patchy form uh, as, yeah. he, as he often does, and but the, you know he's still he's still a really good player. So um, yeah, it, I, I think it's a Benfica are in a good spot. So uh, I think that for me this this is game of the weekend. I think this could be because I, I can't really I can't I couldn't tell you where I think it, which way it could go. But if Ruka get a goal first, you know you know who knows what can happen. Well, that's the thing. I think what Ruka have to do in this game is test Benfica mentally and really ask them the question: Are you over this psychological hump? You know. Because if Aruka can can play their game, which is which is really good going forward with some tricky attacking players, if they can cause Benfica some problems, you know, in the first 20, 30 minutes of the game, can they break down Benfica's kind of psychologically? Can they start bringing in doubt and, and worry in the players? And then can they exploit that? I think if Benfica score first, I think they'll win the game quite comfortably. That's, that's what I think. But Aruka got to stay in the game and, and try and cause problems of their own because we know that they can. Um, but it will, of course, be uh, a big ask. Um, and then finally, big game, Saturday night, uh, the Mino derby, Braga versus Vittoria. Uh, Vittoria, I believe, the current bragging rights holders of the, the Mino derby. Um, I feel like that was the last uh, Mino derby when Vittoria came back to win 3-2, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, that, that was last, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, great game. These are always brilliant games. Um, and one of the few times, Barney, I think we're approaching a Mino derby where it feels like both teams are in fairly good uh in a fairly good place you know contextually um obviously Braga higher up in the table but Vittoria very very well placed in the table themselves had a very good season I'm gonna put my neck up by I think it's got a potential to be one of the the best Mino derbies in a, in a little while yeah I think so I think it's um you know uh, there's lots of elements to this um Banza at AFCON could be one of those um mm. as a Nia Kate but do you know when he leaves, Barney? Will he will he be available well, for this game? That's like I said, I'm not sure. I've, I've seen. Well, interestingly, um, Bruno Valera has um, pulled out of Afcon with Cape Verde um, due to mm. personal decision, but that's certainly a game for Vittorio because when he's not in Vittorio's team, he's you know yeah. he's he's a, he's a clear miss. Um, but Banza, the, the thing I'm interested in, I, I I don't know for sure yet, but if if he doesn't, you've got Abo Ruiz, and then you know. He scored two goals of Braga's sixty-two this season. You know he's he's yeah that'll be a worry and goals, but you know they they do have score from all, all across the pitch. Um, you know players have uh, popped up with goals everywhere, so that's you know it might not be the, the biggest thing, but certainly an interesting point. Um, I would just very quickly just as a sort of side note, 
Did you realize Carlos Cavalier was the manager of Olympiacos? Yeah, because he's signing every single Portuguese yeah. player available to him. Well, I've, I've been thinking all day. I was like, who is this person? Who's at Olympiacos? Because it's just anyone Portuguese. Or like, yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, and Fran Navarro, who was at Porto. But yeah, 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 yeah. Links with David Carmo as well, and they just yeah. signed uh, Gelson like, Martins. They, and... they want Andre Horta, apparently. Right, well, okay, of course they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but do you know what? I've, I'm, sorry, I've just been talking about Braga's goal-scoring um, abilities, and, and obviously they're a fantastic attacking team, defensively not so. But inter- uh, interestingly, I think one of Vittorio's successes since Pateri's come in has been their defensive uh, organization, yeah, true, and, yeah, and it, it's that that defensive three was Joris Fernandez, Borovkovic, and Thomas Ribeiro. And Borovkovic only sort of came into that team with the injury to Manu Silva, but he's kept his pace and he's really had some commanding performances. Mm. Like the maturity yeah, yeah, yeah. compared to that young bit, and then in the last six games, they've only lost once with those uh, three players in. So um, yeah, they they that that that's really helped them. So that could cause Borga problems. And, and finally, Jota in a nice bit of scoring form, playing a sort of playing with a striking role as well, yeah. which is, is it seems to work quite well. So that, that's another positive for Vittoria. So yeah, I agree with you. This is going to be a really interesting game. The one thing I think Vittoria need is I think they just I think they just need a few more attacking ideas. A few like maybe, and I think they are in the market for a winger. Um, I think they've been linked with um, is it Helio from Portimonens? So oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think they're in their market for a winger. That's the one thing I think they need because if Jota has an off day, it's hard to see where the kind of real attacking quality is coming from. But if he plays well, I think this could be, like I said, very, very, very interesting game. So keep an eye out for that one. That's uh, UK Portugal time. That's 8.30pm Saturday, uh, the last game on Saturday night. Um, Sunday then, Barney. Two games, Rio versus Portimonense. Uh I'm not going to lie to you. I would probably uh, skip that one personally. <laughs> Uh, and then followed by family Kalshav. Um We have Portland, We have just signed uh, Rodrigo Ribeiro on loan from Sporting. So any Sporting fans might want to check that out to see if he plays. Um, I think has their transfer ban just been lifted because it was last January and this summer, but their transfer yeah. ban is now lifted. Um, so actually, to be fair to Rio, they're a team that we've sort of talked about as being quite boring a lot of the time. But, you know, maybe now is an interesting time to start paying more attention to them now that they can... You know, develop the team in the transfer market. And in Portsmouth ends, Barney, um, I said on Twitter at the weekend that they play football like uh, a team trying not to get relegated from the English second division in 1998. Um, it's it's incredible to watch at times, honestly, Barney. It's weird because you're watching Portuguese football, but it's honestly like watching Cambridge United um, under John Steele. So, um, that's a very English reference. I apologise, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, this will be. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure this will be a game full of goals. Should we put it that way? Well, look, I think um, on on Portimonense, I think they they very much rely on those players like like you mentioned them. Um, being, uh, sorry, um, uh, Vittorio being interested in Julio Tavares, who's mm. I think at one point was in the top hundred dribblers in the world. Uh, he's a um, good player, Bon. If you ever yeah, want, yeah. if you ever actually watch him, he's a very good player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's the that's the game is that they just sort of have him and perhaps Jasper, and they sort of give the yeah. to him and hope, hope they can create something there's no real plan and then they just trap uh, Relvers might leave this window as well He, I think he's got a couple of goals recently. to be fair I, la- I laughed at them playing defensive but he played really really well Um, who did they play the weekend by? my mind's gone blank Sporting they played, they played Sporting they played Sporting oh yeah 2-1 but he actually had a really good game he scored their goal yeah, yeah, he's been good but he might leave because he's always always rumored as a big move. you know that right. meme of um the Bugatti Parked outside like a an abandoned house. That's real bass. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Karen. On on, on Rio and Alvaro, I think you know 
we'll see how active they are in this window. The the, the Lewis Ferrer thing is absolutely really throw me because it's been announced that he's going to be leaving at the end of the season despite having a contract until 2025 just seems like a really bizarre thing to do mid-season mm. at this point you know when they're, they're second bottom it's just I, I but I you say it might be interesting the rest of the season they could get but mucky because you know where's his motivation it, having been what does that like, say to the players as well yeah 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 it's it's you know and and he, he said himself he, well he's sort of said like I'm committed to the project but still you know it's just a a real strange one. I don't understand why that that's been made. Um, so we'll have mm-hmm. to see how that plays out for them. But they, they, Albert, I, they've been sort of really quiet all season, not doing much. But I think they're starting to go from trouble. And I think, I, you know, they, they, they're they're probably my new team to worry about, and more so than Portman's, I would say, because Portman's always managed to get themselves out of trouble. But yeah, I think we're in a, in a bad situation. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Family Cow versus Shavs. Barney, what do you think of Family Cow? Because I feel like perhaps we haven't been quite on it with them on the podcast because I think the thing we've always said is, oh, they're having a solid season. They look good. They've not won a lot of games recently. You know, they've not been winning. They've not been setting the league alight. Although they're not really in trouble. Um, Shavs won't be too tough a test because they've not really got going under under Moreno. But this is a game, if I was a Family Cal fan, this I would be at the point where I'm thinking, if we don't win this game, then I think I'm looking at the manager and I'm looking at the players and I'm starting to to worry a little bit because they've not, you know, they're the last they've lost games which you might think that they would um that they would win, just as an example. So they drew against Estrell, okay, that's a decent result. Draws against Portman ends, not ideal in the league. Draws against Mazella, their last win uh against Gil Vicente. Losing to Estrella, losing to Vittoria, drawing to Boavista, you know these are not. You know these are all games where they should be getting getting wins, or if they're going to be at the top end of the table, where they where they really want to be. Yeah, I think the thing with Family Cow there, they've had they've got some really good players. I think the the for me the the issue which has been always seems to be the issue is their striking options, right? And they've they've um, Henry Caruso came on on loan from Benfica. I thought that was going to be the solution, but he hasn't. Sort of, he's failed to sort of nail his spot in the funny one, yeah. And then, um, Cadiz sort of seems to get the nod occasionally, but once again, flat like his fish forms fluctuates. He's a poor um, man, Simon Banza, really. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't that's nice, nice. Um, but no, I think they they're yeah, they've seemed to have taken a while to work out their best 11, which usually seems to be the case. Gustavo starts off starting to know his, his um really cement him to pace with that team. But the thing I worry about them now is that they could be ransacked in the January transfer window and they have to sort of start again. Like so Tarve has been ruined with everywhere mm. and Porto and, and um and other players, you know, could be uh, I mean Zaido Yusuf put in an incredible display against Benfica. Um, mm. you know, that really stood out. So, you know, he's he's another one that could be attracts a lot of interest. So I worry for them in that sense. Um they just haven't seemed to be able to capitalise on their good start to the season and sort of push on. I think um yeah, just it's been it's been too uh, too up and down and not enough wins. Um, yeah, I think Shavers is an interesting one, Barney. Um, obviously, when Moreno came in, they were in a really really bad spot, and he did very well in his first few games. Uh, they've now lost six out of their last seven games in a row. Um, obviously, that includes losses to to Porto and Benfica and Vitoria, but it also includes losses to Casapia, includes losses to Estoril, it includes loss against Portimonense. 
So, That's you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, they haven't got the best team in the league. They were newly promoted last season. They had issues with the manager, but they're currently at bottom of the table with the 10 points, five points away from automatic safety. Um, it's uh, it's not looking good. No, and they're going to lose players for AFCON as well, key players in the likes of Guima, uh, Jao Carrera and Langer. Um, wow. So that's... Is that Was free? it Noakali as well? I'm not, I, haven't conf- I can't conf- I'm checked to confirm if he's in the Nigeria right. squad, but he, you know, he's, he could be in his form, I don't know. Um, uh, so yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that that's, certainly doesn't help things. I wonder if he'll get to be a bit active in the window, I don't know, because it's... it's I, I, one thing I felt when his, his appointment was that he's... The squad was perfect for his way of playing mm. football. With you know, they got the attacking fullbacks. Perhaps they need a few um, additions in the centre back area where they're perhaps not as, as strong. And um, yeah, um, Hector sort of had his moments as a striker, but he's never been um, a consistent goal scorer. So maybe there as well. I don't know. They, they, they. Yeah, they, they look like they could could be in one of those ones teams that starts to get form fall behind and, and as you said that's a, that's a terrible record you know six losses in seven um, mm. and if that doesn't improve fast you know then they could be in a, a, a like a, a just diving down no way back up yeah I mean if they make one more managerial change before the end of the season I, I wouldn't be too too surprised but uh, I'll leave it there for that um, and then last game of the week Monday night Morrowind versus Kazapir this is a chance of being our Monday night football watch along uh, for our Patreon subscribers so if you'd like to watch that with us and other uh, noble football socios uh, head over to our Patreon page um, Moira Renz I mean we're accused of a lot of things Barney favouritism is one of them and in this case it's definitely true I think we are quite big fans of Moira Renz just playing good football uh, a very good part of the table and they're playing Casapia, whose season has struggled to really get going although they're not in too much trouble yet no, I think Casapia are going through a bit of a identity change. Um, obviously, they've had Philip Mars, Philip Mars as a manager for a long time. He's now gone, and uh, his uh, oh. director of football has gone as well. Barney Lewis Boa Alma, I think. Yeah, so there's been he was quite instrumental in their promotion, wasn't he? And, and sort of signing yeah. a lot of interesting players. Yeah, so that that you know that I wonder what that would mean for the January market in terms of the players they want to get in. But they sort of shift to a four four two formation. Um, and that that's uh, I think that'd be interesting to see um, how that goes for them. Uh, sort of, they got a win last time, didn't they? So that's a, they, they, that was a positive change. I I, I don't know. I, I've always quite liked Casper's squad. I think they've got good players. So I think that could. However, they can test Morenza be another one though, because Morenza have been brilliant. Um, Great form for Morenza, Barney. Unbeaten in seven, including four wins, three draws, um, including a draw against Benfica. Very good. Really good form. Great form. And and uh, I just hope that, I mean, there's already rumours about Andre Lewis being put, I think there's rumours against China, rumours against Poland. Um, I think the, the latest story from the Poland uh, offer was that it was point blank rejected, which is hopefully a good sign if they can try to keep him. And um, it's Gonzalo Franco as well, the midfielder's room for Benfica. I'm not sure how strong a rumour that is, but you know, that's the yeah. highest of quality he's shown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I... I it's sort of, I don't know if you agree, but it sort of feels like that is the team that will push for Europe. And, and, and you know, they've been the most consistent. They, they could even push Victoria, they've been that good. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I've really like that. Um, I have to apologise. I've actually undersold Morins there, unbeaten in 10, six wins and four draws, including a draw at home against Benfica. So absolutely fantastic form from Morins. Um, and that would be a real highlight of the week for me. Um, before we go then, Barney, as we always do, you mentioned that perhaps Aruka versus Benfica would be your game of the week. Any change on that or any other suggestions perhaps? No, I mean, it's, it's a lot. To, I mean, it's a great weekend of football, to be fair. Even the Monday night game is good. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like Braga Vittoria as well. I think that could be an exciting game. There could be a lot of goals in that one. So that yeah. if, if, you, if you want guaranteed goals, maybe go for that one. Absolutely. I mean, Friday night looks great. Two of the big three on show. Then you've got the Mino derby on Saturday. Sunday, maybe have a day off. And then Monday, Morins West Casby. It looks like a great weekend. Um, all right. Well, I think that's pretty good for our uh, weekend preview. Hopefully that's useful. If you're into your fantasy football, it might give you a few ideas about which players to bring in. Uh, if you're into your betting as well, although we cannot be held legally liable for any lost bets based on this <laughs> podcast, I will just reiterate that we have had DMs. You wouldn't um, want to take tips from us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, Barney, I've got mates now who I play football with and they know I do this. And they text me and say, listen, mate, I'm putting an accumulator on. I think it's called a parlay in North America. Who should I lump on for uh, for Portugal? Last week, I recommended Benfica, Braga and Estoril. All three came in, so... Yeah, there you bad. go although I will just reiterate you cannot sue us if you lose a bet <laughs> just to make that abundantly clear um, alright I think we can leave it there Barney uh, happy new year everybody welcome to 2024 it's going to be a great year uh, the end of the season is already looking fantastic um, it's going to be a great year of football and we want to thank everybody for their support uh, in 2023 um, like we said at the top of the show this type of podcast will be out every single week on our Patreon page and I would humbly suggest that it is the best value Patreon page uh, going at the moment. It's £1, I believe €1.50 it equates to or maybe two Canadian dollars. Um, so great value. You get a bonus podcast, you get the Predictions League, uh, you get a monthly watch long uh, and of course the best bit, you get to chat to us. So uh, yeah, what more could you ask for? Yeah, and I'll just reiterate what you said, but thank you to all the people who've already signed up to our Patreon. It's been a, it's great, and there's a lovely community as well that's been building. Yeah, um, people that we just love to chat to, and and like I said, I don't know, football is just a just a good, it's just a watch. Like, it's just having a yeah. lot. It's like you're in a pub watching a game with mates, basically, isn't it? Exactly. So, Except yeah. the TV is slightly more pixelated. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Nah. All right. Well, listen, thank you very much uh, for listening. Like we said, if you've enjoyed this, definitely get involved over on the Patreon. Um, but other than that, we will see you after the weekend for a regular podcast recapping uh, all of this action. Um, but yeah, just to say thank you very much and see you next time. Yeah, see you next time.